Welcome everyone to the Ohaber Torah slash Harlebanon Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur is the first uh, Daf in Perek Kolakhelim. We'll be beginning, it's really Daf Kufchaf Gimel. We'll be beginning from the beginning of the Perek on Kufchaf Bet Amur Bet at the Mishnah. As an introduction, one should know that today's Perek will deal with the laws of Mukseh. In general, things that are mukseh fall into many categories. There's, there's actual mukseh, which we'll call a rock, which is the most mukseh. Then there's kelim, that are mlachtol isur, kelim shmlachtol heter, and there's also um, a few more categories. One is a kli. Okay. All these things are different kelim that are asur to move. However, the the range of what how asur they are is very different depending on what the item is. And our Mishnah will discuss a few different cases. We'll start with the beginning of the Mishnah. Says the Mishnah, All types of vessels can be moved on Shabbat. Rabbis, in other words, let's say you have a uh, cabinet. The, the cabinet is a keli. You're allowed to move that cabinet. Not only can you move the cabinet, if there's a door that attaches to the cabinet or a door that's on the side of the cabinet, you're allowed to move that cabinet, whether it's attached or detached from the cabinet. Even though it's separated Shabbat on Shabbat, why? Because it's not the same as a door of a house. Where if a door of a house comes off the hinges on Shabbat, that door becomes mukseh. Here, the door of a cabinet that comes off is not mukseh. We're talking about a non-built-in cabinet. We're talking about a one of those armoires that that they have, right? Rabbi, let's say the uh, the door, uh, the hinges were loose on a front door, for example, and the door came off on Shabbat, and now you, there's no protection, you know, from uh, the outside world. Are you allowed to put it back on Shabbat because of that reason? Um, well, if it's Sakanat Nefashot, that's a different story, but I don't know if having a door off is Sakanat Nefashot. Right. Uh, my assumption is that it's not, and it would still be a suit to put back on because you'd be building on Shabbat. You'd have to be somehow without a door for a while. Unless you feel like someone's life is in danger. I don't know where you live. Queens, I don't know how it is, but in Brooklyn, <laughs> you would just take it, leave it off. Okay. Got it. Now, um, the The reason why it's Asur when it's a house is because it's it's not prepared yet. No tell Adam a person can take kornos, a kornos, he can take a hammer to break nuts. Okay, A hammer is a klishimachtoli isur. It's normally used for driving in nails, which is a forbidden activity on Shabbat. However, a person is allowed to pick up his hammer if he wants to use it to crack a walnut. 
one second, pause, pause. So a hammer to break nuts is okay. It's a cliche oh, all these swords usually used to uh, bang your nails and now you're using it for mutar purposes, okay. Right. Okay. Kardom, an axe, even though an axe is usually used to chop wood, you could use it to, to chop pressed figs. Okay. Megira, a type of serrated knife. Like Gurbotigvina to cut cheese. Right? Magrefa, a spoon. The grofa to go get it in order to scoop out the uh, figs from the barrel. And the rahat, which is uh, uh, a big um, a, a, a tray that you'll use to uh, blow the wheat, with the malgez, and also the um, pitchfork. To give something to a kid. To give food to a kid. These are long sticks. To use it to stick into fruit, to pick them up. A hand needle, right? That you're allowed to use it, even though you're not allowed to sew, you're allowed to use it to take out a thorn that might have gone under your skin. Shabbat, you're allowed to take out a thorn? Yeah. A big one, which you use for sacks, you can use it to pick a lock. Okay? Yeah, we'll, see, we'll see soon how that works. Okay. Says the Gemara. Kual kelim nitlin. You can move all vessels. Even though it came off on Shabbat, you're still allowed to move it. Now, the Gemara is saying, Not only, could you close the front door? Not only on a weekday, that's what it sounds like, right? In other words, not only on a weekday, but even if it comes off on Shabbat, you're allowed to do it. Right on Shabbat, we'll say that since it, on Friday afternoon, the door was on the Amwar, so the door is not Mukseh because the Amwar is not Mukseh. But if the door had come off the Amwar before Shabbat, then the door was Mukseh on Shabbat, because when Shabbat came in, the door was off. Mm-hmm. So why are you saying even if it comes off on Shabbat? Not even if it comes off on Shabbat. Be- because it comes off on Shabbat, it's okay. Right? Right. All of the utensils can be taken on Shabbat, and their doors with them. Meaning, even though they came off during the week, you're allowed to move it on Shabbat. That's what it should say. So that's why if you see in our Mishnah, we put the word B'Shabbat in parentheses, because it shouldn't be there. Okay. Even though they came off during the week. Okay. 
says the Gemara. Tanu Rabbanan, we don't turn the brighter. Delet shel shedav shel tevar shemagal. If you have a door of an armoire or of another type of cabinet, not lean, you can take them off, right? You're allowed to remove them off the armoire. Avolom machzim, but you can't put them back. Shelul shel tanagolim, but if it's the door of a chicken coop, you can't take them off and you can't put them back. I understand the chicken coop rule. Because the rabbi who said this thing holds. Since it's attached, the chicken coop is attached to the ground. It's a problem of binyan because you're building something onto the ground. If you return something to a chicken coop, you're building. And if you take it off the ground, you're destroying something that's attached to the ground. So that we understand. The rabbi holds you could build and you could destroy on something that's attached to the ground. But when we said the rule about the Shedah the story about the Shedah about the Amwars, right? My Kasava, what does he hold? If he holds, there is such a thing as building on a on a utensil, and if you put the door back, it's like you're building, right? And mm-hmm. yes, so then it should be yes. Then you should you should be not allowed to take it off. So why did the rabbi say that you're allowed to take it off? If he, he took it off because he holds, there's no problem of destroying in a utensil. Then and Binyamikin, they shouldn't let you put it back on. Make up your mind. We well, always be the reason why you would want to take off the door on Shabbat anyway. Why would you want to take off the door on Shabbat? Yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Uh, the guy wanted to take off the door because he wanted to lie it flat because there was a, a muddy part of the floor. He's going to take this door off and lie it over so no one has to step in the mud. Okay. When I said I forgot to tell you, I made it up as you were. I know. <laughs> Let's go. Amaravai, right? Amale mm-hmm. Rabba. So Rabba says, No, Amaravai. Abai said, No. Really, he holds a sword to take it off and it's a sword to take it on. And Shinitlu Kaamar, when the brightest says, Notlin, you take it off. What it means is shenitlu. If it came off, we're not saying that you could take it off. We're saying if it came off, that's what we mean. Right, it came off by itself, or whatever got loose, and it came off. Correct. Amalei Rava, so Rava says, shubot Two answers. Chada, one answer is, katani. First of all, don't tell me that it says shinitlu, it took off already. It says nitlin, you could take it off. Doesn't sound like it came off already. It sounds like you could take it off. That's first of all. Mm-hmm. Second, right? The odd also, my avalom why would they say the words, but you can't put it back? It should just say, if it came off, you can't put it back. What do you mean, but? The but doesn't fit. So your, your answer doesn't seem to go. Right. Really, the rabbi holds and binyan bikinim ve'en stila bikinim. 
he holds there's no problem on utensils. The build, there is building on things attached to the ground like chicken coops. But there is no such thing as building. But there is no such thing as building when it comes to killing. But here, we're worried. We're worried that maybe you're going to attach it anyway, right? Over here, which means maybe you'll put it in with, mis- with maybe you'll put it in with nails. So if you're afraid you'll nail it in, then there's a problem when you nail it in of makeb batish. Really, there's no problem of building. Problem is makeb batish. Okay, okay. we're doing the final hammer blow. Right. Okay, now we're at the two dots. Says the Gemara. No tail Adam Kurnus. We said you're allowed to take a Kurnus, a hammer, to break nuts. Amar Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, Kurnus shel egozim. So bought egozim. Rabbi Yehuda says, you're only allowed to take a nut, a hammer, that's a nut hammer. You ever see people have these nut hammers? Yeah. It's special mm-hmm. for nuts. That's okay. Okay. Aval nefahim. But if it's of a blacksmith hammer, which is used for no, the wrong things, look, he doesn't let. Hold on a second. This is a question. You ready? Yep. Good. So. So if it's a blacksmith hammer, you're not allowed this thing. You're not, this particular opinion says you're not allowed to use it. Correct. Oh, it has to be a nut hammer. Right. Kasavar. That means that the rabbi or Yehuda says, we just said this, he holds, that things that's used for Isur, I feel it's even if you want to use it for itself, like a blacksmith hammer, even though I'm using it as a hammer for, for a permitted thing like a nut, he holds it still Asur. That's what Rabbi Yehuda must say. Amar le Rabbah, so Rabbah challenges Rabbi Yehuda. What are you going to do with the safe of the Mishnah? Diktani. We said the pitchfork, you're allowed to use the pitchfork to give a fruit to a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Does anyone say, oh, this is my pitchfork that I set aside for giving fruit to my kids? I no. understand there's such a thing as a nut hammer, but there's no such thing as a kid pitchfork. Right. And therefore, how are you going to explain the rest of the Mishnah? You want to explain the thing, the thing it's, it's, if you're not going to be able to explain the whole Mishnah, why are you explaining it like that? Mm-hmm. We're talking about a blacksmith hammer. And you're allowed to use a blacksmith hammer for the nuts. Kasavari holds. The Vashem of Toli Isur, something that's used for Isur, the Toli Kufo Mutar, Rabbah holds, yes, you could take something that's used for Isur as long, and use it for Heter as long as you're doing it for a permitted purpose. And that's Correct. why you're allowed to use the pitchfork to give a kid, for, fork to a kid, but you're doing it like that. Mm-hmm. That was my prophet Rabbah and Rabbi Uda, and Rabbi Uda seems to have been knocked out over here. Right. Now Abai is trying to knock out Rabba. Okay? How does he knock him out? It says, Miducha. If you have a Miducha, which is a grinder, 
that you grind um, garlic in. Im yesh bashub v'taltalim ota v'im lav em v'taltalim ota. It says if it's got garlic in it, you're allowed to move it for the garlic. If it doesn't have any garlic, you can't move it for the garlic. It sounds like even if you you can, when it says you can't move it, it sounds like you can't move it even if you want it for a good purpose. Like right. sit on it, it would be asur. So obviously you see that Rabba is wrong. Something that's used for isur is not allowed to be moved, even if you want to sit on it. Sounds like Amale. Mm-hmm. So Rabba answered by your back. The author of that statement that you was Rav Nechemia, who says you can only use a, a, a utensil for its normal purpose. But we don't know like that, Rabbi. And therefore, that's why we go like the Chachamim, and that's why I'm right. Okay, beautiful. So there's another question. It says, Bet says, and no clean it, Ali. You can't take the big slab of wood, the Ktsov Allah Bazar, to cut meat on it on Yom Tov. allows, right? Vishavin, and they agree, Shim Katsav Allah Bazar, that if you did cut meat on it, Asul Tatuli, you're not allowed to move it. You're only allowed to move it before. But once you moved it already, everyone agrees. Once you cut the meat, everyone agrees you're not allowed to move it. Now we see that you can't use it even if you want to sit on it. You're only allowed to use it for that. Rabbi wanted to answer That's also Rabbi Nechemia. But once he heard this, Everyone agrees by these type of kelim, which are very, very delicate, that since a person is strict on them, they won't use them for other purposes. You set it aside and you don't want to use it on the holiday. That's why it becomes So he says, Also the Ali, the reason why you're not allowed to use it if you already chop meat on it, is because it's a special type of delicate item that a person would not want to move for another purpose. And that's why it's Asur. So the reason why it's okay in all the cases with the hammers and stuff is because people aren't careful about their hammer. They use their hammer for other things. But if you have a delicate type of item that people won't use for other things, then you're not allowed to use it. A person would not take his cell phone, even if it's dead, and use it to bang in a nail or use it to uh, hold open a door. And therefore, since you wouldn't use it for another purpose, it right. could be case on keys, and that's what we're talking about. Okay, got it. If you have a hammer of a goldsmith, this rabbi is saying, Mishnah says you could use a hammer. We're referring to a goldsmith hammer, which is a delicate hammer, and still you're allowed to use it. Okay? Because mm-hmm. people aren't careful. They, they don't want using the goldsmith hammer for nuts. Because if you use it for a nut, you can always fix it afterwards. 
says you could even use a, a hammer that's used by a perfume maker, where they're very careful. If you go, according to the rabbi, you said we're talking about a perfume maker, of course you're allowed to use a goldsmith, because people are more strict on perfume than goldsmiths. But the one who said a goldsmith, it means he owns only, gold, only the goldsmith one and not the one that's used for, for perfumes, because that guy's makbid that he doesn't want to get any extra odors on his hammer that would might interfere with the perfume making. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we're up to the part that quotes the Mishnah. These are types of poking instruments. If you have a fish, which is in the straw. Now, straw is mukse, and figs are certainly not mukse. They're food, and they can right. be eaten. Or if you have a roll, which is stuck in some coals. If some of it is exposed, you're allowed to take it out. But if none of it's exposed, it's completely covered either by coal, muksa coal, or covered by muksa straw, then you're not allowed to take it out. According to this rabbi, whose name is Elizabeth Ben Tadai, he says, even if it's completely covered in straw, this fig, you could stick your karkad into it, into the hole, stab it, and pull it out like that, even though it's going to fall off all the all this, the coals, that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. Right? But that's only till two minutes out. It's only moving it in a by-the-way manner, which is not a problem. Right. Amar Rab Nachman, Rab Nachman says, Halakha Elizabeth Tidai. Halakha follows Elizabeth Tidai, that you're allowed to stick it in and pull it out. Ask the Gemara, remember, do you mean to tell me you want to tell me that, that he holds that moving something in an indirect manner is not called moving it? Because you see that he says that moving the straw in an indirect manner or the coals in an indirect manner was not a problem. How could that be? Didn't Rav Nachman say, Hi, Pugla, this radish, if the wide part is on the top and the narrow part's on the bottom, when it's underneath some dirt, you're allowed, Shadi, you're allowed to pull it out because it's not causing most of the dirt to move. But but if it's the other way around, Asur, it's Asur to move, even though you're moving Menatzad. So you see Rav Nachman does not let Tiltul Menatzad. You're right, or Rav Nachman retracted that statement about the radish. And therefore, there's no problem. There's no contradiction because he retracted that statement. We said in the Mishnah, you're allowed to take a hand needle to take out a thorn. Or uksa. want to know if I have a needle and someone broke off the eye of the needle or the point of the needle, can it still be used to take out a thorn? Think not because you really need the, the pointy part to get it out. 
Oh, okay. Amar le tinitua. He answers the Mishnah. He says, the Mishnah says, Machat shel yav, the tobo the kots. Machmed on the kots. Ben the kuvah, the ben shenem kuvah. Says the rabbi, he says, if the Mishnah says that you could use it to take out a thorn, what does the thorn care if your needle has an eye or not? You're not using it for thread. Right, but it's how are you gonna if you in order to get out something, you really need a point on the on the end. But the really, eye is not the point. Right. Okay, I see. Right, the eye, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Okay. Eight way we asked the question. If you're saying it's okay, it says in the Mishnah in Kelim. Now, Masechet Kelim deals with what Kelim can accept Tumah. We've discussed this before, right? Say that again, I'm sorry. Masechet Kelim discusses which Kelim could accept Tumah and which mm-hmm. can't. So the Mishnah says in, in the 13th Perek, if you have a a needle that you took off, either its eye or its point. Tehora, it's tahor. That means it's not a keli. And if it's not a keli for tuman tahara, we're assuming it's not a keli on Shabbat either. And something that's not a keli, like a rock, should not be able to be moved at all. Right. Amar so Abaya says tuma Shabbat karamit. You're asking me a question from a law of Tumah to a law of Shabbat? That's not a fair question. Tumah, klimaisa ba'ina. When it comes to Tumah, we need a klimaaseh. It has to be a, a vessel that's usable for something. Mm-hmm. But regarding Shabbat, you just need something useful. And this, without the eye, it's still good for a cost. So when it comes for Tum'ah, the criteria, says Abaya, is Klima'aseh. But when it comes to Shabbat, the criteria is, does it work? And this does work, so that's why it is. So Abaya says, don't compare Shabbat to Tum'ah. The criteria for one is not the same. Rava does not agree. Rava is going to say that the same criteria for Shabbat will apply to Tumah as well. And he's going to challenge now. The rabbi who asked the question asked good. If it ain't a keli for Tumah, it shouldn't be a keli for Shabbat either. We're going to ask a question on Rava, who says that the two things are reciprocal, right? Which means they work in tandem. Mm-hmm. We only said Nikuva with a hole in it, only if it's Tameh. So you see in this writer, right? What do we see in the writer? 
a machat, if it has a hole or if it has no hole, you're allowed to move it on Shabbat. And we said that there's a difference between the laws of, and we said that the hole only makes a difference for, for Tumah, not for Shabbat. So, so you see, this is against Rava. This is like Abaya, which is telling you that the two laws are not reciprocal. Right. Is that clear or no? Yeah. Should I repeat that or no? Repeat it, but I... Tirgema, Abaya, Abaya, Aliba de Rava. Abaya came to answer the question that you asked on Rava. Vigolmi Askinan. When we say there's a difference, we're talking about a difference in a needle that was still being formed. Okay? When the needle is still being formed, it's not called a keli until you finish it off and put a hole in the top. Okay? Right. But once the needle was made, but if you already was made and someone cracked off of it, then Adam most people just throw them out when they break. So when it comes to Tum'ah, we're going to say something different than we would by this. Okay? Mm-hmm. Good. Asubi Yunuka. The Gemara says, this, this means straightening the limbs of a kid. It seems like when a kid was born, they used to um, give him a, a type of massage that would um, put the limbs in the right spots. I'm assuming that in the olden days, maybe before uh, modern childbirth, kids were born with limbs out of place, and they would give them a full body massage to put all the limbs back where they're supposed to be. So the question is, is it mutar or asur on Shabbat? Okay. Rav Nachman asar, Rav Sheshit shareh. Okay. Rav Sheshit let, Rav Nachman doesn't. Amar Rav Nachman, mina aminala, how can I prove it to you? Titnaan, we learned in the Mishnah, and osin, apiktozin, b'shabbat. Person cannot eat a food or drink a, a food that causes you to throw up on Shabbat. Right? Mm-hmm. So therefore, the same way that eating a food that's going to make you throw up is called fixing your body, so too, straining out the limbs of this baby should be fixing the baby. Yeah, but it might be a problem if you don't strain out the limbs. It might be a problem for the kid going in, you know, you know, growing up or something. Does that have anything to do with it? Um, if you don't strain it out right away, is that going to be a problem for the kid going forward? That they're allow- not allowing to do it? I don't think the example is, you know, makes sense in my in my eyes. Talking about food, you know, and then you're talking about a kid's limbs. Some say that we're talking about doing it not on the day of the birth, doing it later. I guess it could have been done another time. That's maybe why it's... Uh... I guess that's why. That's why they okay. say it. Okay, yeah. got it.
So the Gemara says, no, not necessarily. It says, Rav Sheshat, Hat, Rav Sheshat was going to answer you and he'll tell you, no. Hatam lav urche, hacha urche. Over there, it's not normal to drink that thing. So it's not normal to drink the throw-up stuff. Therefore, it's called fixing. Hacha urche, but since this is the normal thing, that's why it's not called fixing the body. Okay? That's how Rav Sheshit will get out of the problem. Okay, don't ask me why I say it's okay. But something that's normal, Rav Sheshit says it's fine. Right. How can I prove to you that it's okay? It's not we learned in the Mishnah. You're allowed to take a needle to take out a thorn. Right? So, if you're allowed to use a needle to take out a thorn, that means you're allowed to fix your body. So why can't you also all straighten out the limbs of a kid? Right. When it comes to the thorn, the thorn is a foreign object. Foreign objects you could take out. But here, we're talking about fixing the limbs of the body, which was part of the body. And therefore, when you fix it, it might look like a malachan. That's why the rabbi said it was a sword. Yeah. We're going to do one of the Mishnah with the Gemara. We'll leave the second Mishnah for tomorrow. Okay. This is the first Mishnah. team. A stick that's used to move around the, the olives to see if they're ready for pressing. Mm-hmm. If it has a cork on the top, then on the top of it, it can get tameh. It becomes a uh, utensil, and it can be tameh. This is just a plain stick. And it does not get tameh. Whether it has a cork on top or not, it can be moved on Shabbat. Ask the Gemara, am I? Why is it ever going to be a sword, even if it has a cork on top? It's like a simple wooden vessel, and simple wooden vessels do not get tameh. Of like, for example, in order for something to be tameh, it has to be fashioned into something. If you take a piece of wood and you make a spoon out of it, it now becomes tameh. But a mm-hmm. flat piece of wood is shutekli etz, and it's okay. So this stick, so what if it has a little cork-like protrusion on the top? It's still a plain, flat thing. It should not be tameh. Right. You know why? And now he says, why does plain things not tameh? Because in order to be tameh, it has to be similar to a sack, which has a place to accept something in. And this stick, even if it has a cork, we're assuming it has no place to accept. A, it's not a receptacle, and therefore it shouldn't be able to become Tameh. Hana, mm-hmm. Rabbi's answers, Mishmeder of Nechemya, Vishash Mapech Vizetim, Hofcho Ebo. Why is it Asur? Because while you turn over the, the olives to see if they're ready to press, you look at the cork and see if there's any oil stuck in it. Because if there's oil stuck in it, then you know that those olives are ready to press. 
So now it really is a receptacle because you're putting something, there's going to be oil in it to see if it's ready to be. Right. And that's why it gets tame if it has that cork on the top. Got okay? It. Yep. We're going to stop right here at the mission. Is that okay? Yes, perfect. Thank you. We'll see you in New Jersey tomorrow.